Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Just want to echo what John and Rachel were saying uh, a few moments ago. Um, thank you to all those of you who joined the Lent course. Please do join us this Tuesday if you can. It's not too late to join second week in as we think about the importance of simplicity and Sabbath and silence and slowing down. And I realise that God has got a lot of work to do in me. And I realised that in part yesterday as I was standing in Tesco's waiting to pay. Those of you who joined the Lent course on Tuesday would have heard Dan and Joy speaking about just one of those little tests of our patience, working out how quickly we move in our lives if we're always looking for the shortest queue in a supermarket. And I was in Tesco's, our local one, yesterday, and I probably was queuing for about four or five minutes maximum, and I could feel my blood pressure rising. And as you know, there's always that decision of, do you go to a person and pay Um, to someone standing behind a till or do you go to one of the self-checkout machines and I thought well it's got to be quicker going to the self-checkout machine but when I got there I made a mistake somehow and so my worst nightmare came about and the little red light started to flash and something comes up on the screen saying shop assistant uh, coming but of course no one came and so I then had to rejoin the back of the queue this happened twice by which point I was so impatient. I'd been in the shop for about 10, 15 minutes. And when I came out, I could almost feel the smoke coming out of my ears. I was so frustrated. But I also felt God holding up a mirror to me and saying, David, do you realize how impatient you can be? And this is on top of me spending the week immersed in these words we've just heard from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So Lent is a really important time for me, for all of us, to allow God to look deep into our hearts and to transform us. And that's what we're going to do on this journey towards Easter as we look, as John said, at faith, hope and love. And I really pray for you and me that on this journey, God will speak to us. And most crucially, God will transform us. So let's pray for that now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning. Thank you today that you love each one of us. I pray, Lord, you would reveal your love to us today. Affirm us as your sons and your daughters loved by you, our Father. But we also thank you that you love us so much that your desire is that we would be transformed, that we would be sanctified and made holy. And so Lord, we invite you by your Spirit and through your word to come and do that work in us. Today, this week, this Lent. Come, Lord Jesus, in the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. 
Well, as John has said, what better way to start a series looking at faith, hope and love than this famous passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's probably one of the better known passages of scripture full stop because so many people have heard it in weddings up and down this country. I'm sure you have heard many messages given on this passage of scripture. I have certainly preached a few But I want to begin by us looking at the context of this passage. And so to do this, you're going to need a Bible. So I'm going to give us 10 seconds to find a Bible, whether it's in printed form or on your phone. And uh, I want you to go and find a Bible. You've got 10 seconds. Ready, steady, go. So while some people are running around their living rooms, their kitchens, their houses finding a Bible, I haven't really thought about what I'm going to say to those of you who are just sat there with your Bibles faithfully staring at me. But I figure that 10 seconds is going to go quite quickly. We've probably only got two seconds left, and that's probably enough time. So um, have a look at your Bible. Open it, uh, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in fact, um, I want you to turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And what we can see here is some of the context. We see that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he's writing to a group of people who are very different as individuals, but they're also a group of people who have different gifts. And he's writing to them and saying, you may have become a little bit judgmental. You may have become a little bit unsure of each other and of yourselves because you're continually looking around at one another and trying to work out who has the better gifts, who is more spiritual than the other. And he says that even though you are different people with different gifts, and we see this in the second half of chapter 12, that crucially, Paul writes, you are one church one body with one spirit and one Lord. If we think back over the last 12 months, it's been a very difficult time. I'm sure for you, and it has been for me and for us in many ways. But there have also been some moments when actually as so much has been stripped away that we have seen God more clearly and I think one of those key moments was that time when we all for the first time saw the UK blessing and we saw those images of different people from different churches of different denominations different backgrounds and ages and races coming together to worship God and we realize we are part of something bigger that God hasn't abandoned his church. God is powerfully in and with his church. And what we saw in that video is something that Paul is writing about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, unity. That when we see the body of Christ with all of its differences and sometimes divisions coming together, united around Christ... When we get a glimpse of that, it is glorious. We see Jesus in his body, the church, sharing the good news. 
looking out for the poor and caring for the poor, loving our neighbours. It is a powerful witness when the church does what the church is called to do. If we turn on to chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians, we then see the Apostle Paul writing about worship. And he's writing about what we are and are not to do, how we're to use the gifts of prophecy and tongues in the context of worship as we gather together as God's people. And what we see is that clearly some have become proud. Some have, as I said, begun to compare themselves to others. And they have become a bit bitter. They're looking at one another and comparing themselves with what the other has or has not. And so often in church, we can focus on the what, what we have as gifts, what others have as gifts, maybe we don't have, what it is that we're doing, how we're sharing the good news, what we're doing to serve the poor, what is our mission in evangelism, the list goes on. And and these things are good, please don't misunderstand me. But the more I read the New Testament, the more I look at these words of 1 Corinthians 13, I realise that how we live our lives, how we live out our faith, is so much more important than what we do. People see through our actions to our hearts, to our character, our motivation. And so these words of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 are all about the importance of how we live. The Apostle Paul is telling us that more than any gift from God, it is our hearts that matter. When everything else is stripped away, the layers of church activity and doctrine and politics and all the different denominations and sometimes divisions... What matters is three things. And as we think about these last 12 months, so much of what we do and what we perhaps have stood for has been stripped away. Life has been simplified. And now is the time for us to really press into who we are, our identity, our our core values as Christians and followers of Christ and what it is that we are called to do. And this is a journey that we're going to go on, not just in this series, but through Easter and beyond that as we begin to look at the book of Acts. Here in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, have a look at these words. Paul writes, if I speak in the tongues of others or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong. Verse 2, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Verse 3, if I give all I possess to the poor and needy, and give my body over to hardship, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Paul is saying that We can have all the spiritual gifts. We can be generous givers. 
We could even surrender our lives in the service of our Lord. But if we don't have love in our hearts as we do these things, it's worth nothing. And he's not criticizing spiritual gifts or giving or martyrdom. But he's saying that how we live, how we worship, how we love one another matters more than what we do. And so in verses 4 to 7, we hear these famous words, these well-known words, where Paul is comparing what he would describe as the most excellent way with the opposite. He's comparing the way of Jesus with the way that we often see in the world. The message version of these words reads like this. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. As we read these words, I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to see the flaws in others. But it's so much harder to see what's going on in me. And as I've looked at these words over the last week or so, it has been like a huge mirror being held up to me. These words reveal my weaknesses. These words reveal the holes in my character, the ways in which I realize I am so different from what God is calling me to be. These words humble us as we get closer to the truth of who God is calling us to be and how we're to live. And we can use these words as a mirror, almost like a a health check to see how we're doing before God. And that's what we're going to do now. I want to encourage us to take a couple of minutes to look at these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to see how love is contrasted in this passage. And we're going to ask God how he wants us to be transformed. Because, you know, the more I read scripture, I realize the purpose of these words is not to inform us, but to transform us. God wants you and me to look more like him. And so as we look at these words together, I'm going to encourage you and me to pray, Lord, how am I doing? What are some of the aspects of my character that you, Lord, want to change in me? And then to invite him to come and transform us. So we're going to put these words up, these two lists and use a couple of minutes to ask God how he wants to transform us. As we continue to look through this passage, we see in verses 8 to 13, Paul is pointing forward to that day 
when we will all stand before the Lord, when Jesus returns and, and we read that so much is going to just melt away. But three things will remain. Faith, hope and love. And these aren't just three character traits that Paul has plucked out of a hat. These are three things that appear again and again in the New Testament. And that's why we're going to take time over these next few weeks to really look into the faith, hope and love to understand the heart of who it is that God is calling us to be, how we are to live. Because without faith, you and I cannot truly understand and know God's love. Without hope, we cannot persevere in the faith when life becomes challenging and difficult. And these words of scripture are not just there to say to us, well, try a bit harder and be a nicer person. You know, this is not self-help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and be at work in us, to draw alongside us and to help us as we are transformed and made more into the likeness of Christ. Our call is to reflect the image of God and we read in 1 John, God is love. And so we need to look to the love of God, to receive God's love, to be wrapped up in his love, immersed in his love, so we could then pour that love back into the lives of those that we spend our time with each day and each week. This well-known passage of scripture ends reminding us that extravagant love is the most important thing of all. It is above all else. These were Jesus' words, to love God and to love others. And it is this sacrificial love that we see in the cross, that we will be reminded of and dwelling in this Easter as Jesus gave his life for us, as God gave his son for us. And it is eternal hope that we see through the resurrection. On that day when Jesus rose from the dead and hope burst into this world. So as we journey towards Easter, let's allow God to search our hearts, to transform us as we seek for more faith, more hope and love to increase in us.